0: My name is Jeff Niemeyer, and I'm the host of the Student Money Podcast. We also have a YouTube channel, online masterclasses, short and long format video training, and a new book coming out this spring in April of 2022. The mission of Student Money is to connect listeners like yourself to a community of like-minded individuals to help you achieve your goal of personal financial freedom. This is Episode 2. If you haven't listened to episode one yet, I encourage you to do so because I'm going to build on the lessons discussed last week. Today, I'm going to tell you my story because like I said in last week's podcast, school didn't prepare me. Family didn't prepare me. I certainly didn't inherit anything. I learned way more from failure than I ever did from success. Believe me when I say if I can do it, So can you. So let's get started. After high school, I attended the University of Iowa and studied electrical and computer engineering. I chose computer engineering because engineering is consistently rated as one of the highest paid undergraduate degrees. And, I'll admit it, I was somewhat of a computer nerd growing up and it was something that I enjoyed. It's a classic example of picking an occupation that would provide a solid income and future, right? I also joined the Marine Corps Reserves because I loved aviation and the military is a potential career path to become a commercial airline pilot. While I never went beyond the Marine Reserves the Marine Corps taught me leadership, mission and esprit de corps. But that's a topic we'll discuss another day. My first job after college was actually at the University of Iowa as a manager of information systems or information technology. As I said, I was a computer nerd and the 1990s saw huge changes in desktop computers and the birth of the internet as we know it today. I left my university job after three years to make more money in corporate America basically doubling my income but a huge risk and benefits and job security. Back then, I had a real W-2 mentality where benefits, my salary, and job security were extremely important to me. After all, I had a family to provide for, I was contributing to a retirement plan, I was buying my first house, had car payments, I was paying taxes, basically living the American dream. What I didn't know is that I'd officially joined the rat race. I was now a corporate IT contractor, providing technology services to multiple clients in multiple industries like manufacturing, healthcare, education, and the service industries. Every time I changed employers or gained a new Microsoft or Cisco certification, my salary went up. And every time my salary went up, my expenses went up. A nicer house, a newer car, more expensive liabilities. But there was something missing. There was a problem. And it was starting to get me into trouble. You see, I was quickly coming to the realization that I was just another employee whose job was to make money for the employer. My yearly reviews were with supervisors that never worked with me or rarely saw me. Never asked me where I wanted to be in five years and never considered me for advancement it was all about the billable hours for me to make more money I would have to work more hours and have less time off less freedom I had hit a ceiling I no longer enjoyed the day-to-day grind and more importantly I didn't like the fact that another person decided how much money I made when I took a vacation and how many hours a week I worked You see, when you work for someone else, there's a floor and a ceiling. Minimum wage laws, your level of education and experience can raise the floor. What they don't tell you is it also gives you a ceiling, and that's the trade-off. Many people are okay with this because they also have a false sense of security and are comfortable. But that, again, is a topic for another podcast. Then a friend of mine introduced me to the book Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I listened to audios from Earl Nightingale, Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, and Jim Rohn. And I became a student again. It was that Matrix moment when you decide to take the red pill or the blue pill and go down the rabbit hole. This is where people can get stuck, where you become a fan and a groupie but never take action, analysis paralysis, where you pull back, where you should push forward. Self-preservation, security, and safety all come forward and hit you in the face. And I totally get it. I had a mortgage, a wife, a child, a rather large car payment. I remember my professor in college telling us that if we wanted to go to grad school, you should do do it right after your undergraduate when you're used to being a student, being poor, you don't have a house or a family. But I was actively looking for opportunities. And of course, when your eyes are open and you're looking, you're gonna find it. In 2002, I took the leap, I left my J-O-B and started my first business as a wireless internet service provider. I knew I had three to five year window to build the business And it was probably the hardest three years of my life. There were days when I wanted to quit. When the system goes down in the middle of an ice storm and you have to go out and climb a tower to get things up and running again on a Sunday night. When household bills come due, you need groceries, and I'm late picking up the kids at daycare because of the business. Honestly, the only thing that kept me going was the personal development system I was plugged into. You have to have positive reinforcement to counteract the negative, or eventually the negative will win. I grew that business to over 200 subscribers, and in 2005, I sold it to a larger competitor backed by a venture capital firm. My first experience with venture capital, accounting, inventory, profit and loss statements, balance sheets, you name it. While it was the hardest time of my life, I learned so much from the experience that I rolled right into my next business. That same year, I won a bid to provide cable television and high-speed internet to a 340-unit student housing apartment complex, a total of 752 students in all. My second business is a private cable operator and my first introduction to multi-tenant housing. I grew that business to over 600 apartments until eventually I shut it down in 2014 as my real estate business grew and high definition TV and online streaming began to take over the cable television industry. In 2006 I purchased my first rental properties, two single family homes and one 16 plex apartment over $800,000 in assets with only $65,000 down. And the $65,000 was money raised through syndication. My first real estate fund, but I didn't know it at the time. I didn't really know about syndication and funds until 2011. But looking back, that's definitely what it was. That 116000 represented more money than my retirement portfolio would have grown to if I would have stayed working as an employee doing IT work. And you know that really hit me. My technology business had a window of opportunity and it was constantly changing but real estate is slower. People need housing. Banks lend money on real estate. Real estate can provide the stability that I was looking for people that make their money in other industries often invest and park their money in real estate. It's been that way for hundreds if not thousands of years. So fast forward to today. I continue to buy more single-family houses and apartment buildings and use the power of syndication and private investment funds. I'm able to leverage pools of capital to scale larger and faster than I could alone. We can purchase institutional size investments and diversify our risk across multiple properties. So looking back 20 years ago to 2002, that red pill, blue pill moment, and that scary leap of faith. Those years of financial struggles, mistakes, and stress. Was it worth it? I can say without a doubt that the answer is yes. To get to where I'm at now required me to get out of my comfort zone, to constantly learn, get inspired, grow. It wasn't easy, but neither is working for someone else at a JOB. It's kind of like playing the game of Monopoly, where everyone starts out even. You might land on someone else's square or draw a card that says, Pay 200. But eventually, one person starts to buy up the board, and it gets easier and easier for them. Meanwhile, everybody else wants to quit. But that person's winning and wants to keep playing because the game becomes fun. But there is a price to be paid, and that price is different for everyone. I'm still learning and paying a price today, but now I'm also harvesting from the seeds planted back in 2002. So I'm going to leave it here for today. I want to thank you for listening. And if you made it to the end, you're paying the price for success. Now take action and join our community and become a student of money because I want to hear your success story next time on the Student of Money podcast. See you next week.